everybody. Happy Wednesday. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah here with PD. Craig is somewhere in Italy. Swiss Alps But we can only have one Craig on our show at a time, which is why we're very excited (laughs) to welcome in TSN Director of Scouting, Craig Button. Craig, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, well, uh, hey, always a pleasure to join you. You're right, Leah. There's only room for one Craig. And I hope Craig, if he is in the Swiss Alps, is enjoying his time over there because it's one of my bucket list things to do in the summertime is to go through, you know, Italy and the Swiss Alps and the Italian Alps and kind of go on a little tour over there. Wow. I can only do it in the summer. So if he's done that, I'm going to have to pick his brain on it. Yeah, I, Craig, before we get going, we'll talk about where are you physically and are you near any fires? Do we have to worry? <laughs> Because it's well, awful up worry. there. But you don't have to worry. No, you don't have to worry. I'm in Calgary. So oh. we had some, in northern Alberta, there was some forest fires uh, two, two and a half weeks ago. But the rain came in and oh, took it away. But those those fires now are happening in, in Quebec, in northern northern yeah. Quebec. And obviously we're seeing, you know, how, how, the, how the wind stream just takes it into areas where there are no fires. And certainly, you know, we look at the eastern seaboard in the United States and, you know, the Yankees game on um, on Tuesday night and there wasn't clouds, it was smoke. So oh, yeah. obviously, you know, it, it, it becomes something really impactful with this. And, and I know firsthand because we do get it. We don't get it a lot, but when we do get it, you know, the, the sky, you know, the air quality, you know, it, it, it's very noticeable. And you have to be very uh, careful being outdoors. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy summer so far with all of that. So glad glad everything's good in Calgary. Um, we're going to talk to you about the NHL draft. It's just three weeks from today. Wow. wow. Um, obviously, Coyotes fans have a lot of questions with the sixth and twelfth pick. So we'll get into into some more specifics in a bit. But I just want to know from you. You know, obviously this is the Connor Bedard draft. But is is the headline of this draft still, you know, the top three or four and then everybody else? Or like, what's the depth situation of this draft? So, you, you know, I can say it's a deep draft, but that doesn't really put definition to it. So I need to define what I feel is depth. I mean, Connor Bedard's a generational player in my view. So, you know, that, you know, that sets it that, that sets it at, a, at an already elite level when you have that type of player. But I think it's really deep, and I think it's deep through 20, 22, maybe even 24. Wow. So what's depth? That's top two line forwards that can that, that can add offense, and what I consider to be top two pair defensemen, I would even narrow it down and say top three defensemen. So when you go that deep where you can get top two line forwards and top three defensemen, you know, 20, 22, 24, whatever you want to cut it off at, that's where I see it. We know there's going to be players that emerge later on down the line that are really good. But at the top end of that draft, which is through 20, I, I really see really significant quality. A lot of times as you as you get past 7, 8, 10, you know, you're looking at players, okay, you know, you project at the very least, you go, okay, that'll be a good third-line player. That'll be a good number four defenseman. When you get top three defensemen and top two-line forwards that deep in a draft, that to me is is quality depth. And that's how I see this 2023 draft. You looked at the, we just finished up some pretty big tournaments. We had the Memorial Cup just finished. We just, we also had the under-18s. You've had all these competitions are now over. And we looked at your list. Do you have anybody that's just 
really their stock has risen since january that has been a big surprise i saw a defenseman that kind of went up a little bit in your rankings is there anybody that we should be looking at that made big jumps in your list but 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 that defenseman only went up a little bit it wasn't like I, he came from 40 to five you're talking about axel sandine pelica and and to me you know, like I've watched Axel now, and, and I've seen him over 20 times in the last 18 months. Wow. Maybe two wow. Years now. So, but but you what, what you're able to do is, is see the progression in his game. And you're watching him, watching him, and he keeps pushing it higher. And that's why, you know, I think so highly of him. And, you know, when, when I, at the U18, and I'm really careful about using certain players as comparable types, not as they, but... I'm watching Axel play, and I turned to uh, Brian Mudrick, my broadcast partner, and I said, let me know when he makes a mistake, because I haven't seen one. And that reminded me so much of Sergei Zubov. Wow. Sergei Zubov didn't do it with flash and dash. He didn't do it with a lot of panache. He, he didn't. He wasn't eye-catching, but it was incredibly, incredibly important how he played the game and where he did it in so many different critical areas. And, you know, so... You, you know, he, he, Tommy Vlander, his, his Swedish counterpart, you know, I, I, I believe probably on the January list, or I had him like 15 or 14. He's, he's in the top eight now. And to me, those players, the way they play the game, the way they manage the game, that to me translates into the NHL. And, and certainly you're, you're, you're trying to balance out you know, this player, watching them over time. Have you missed something? Have you overrated something? Have you underrated another area of their games? But all in all, I, I, I don't think anything surprised me. It just becomes, it's kind of like when you, do an eye, when you do an eye test and they put glasses in front of you and they go, better, worse, better, worse, better, right. worse, better, worse. And they're trying to get to, you do the same thing with a draft list, better, worse. And you put a number, like say you put seven beside a player. Well, you might say, well, I think this guy should be seven. I don't know if I can really argue that the ninth guy on my list shouldn't be seven. You know, and I, it, it's those, for me, it's the wide discrepancies in players. And I use it as a barometer for my own list. And, you know, people say, oh, geez, you're down on a player. Well, may, maybe I am, maybe I'm not, but maybe other players have shown more than I'd given them credit for in the past. And if you don't self-evaluate, I think that you, you 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 miss trying to be as accurate as you possibly can, knowing that there's still a certain measure uh, that, that that can't be calculated perfectly. So you've got Pelika and Wallander, your d top two defensemen in this draft, both the Swedish guys. My question about defensemen specifically. You brought up something good with Zubov and talked about mistakes and actually defending. Do, do you think some scouts get clouded with defensemen by goals, assists, and points, and it's harder to find the guys that can actually defend, and those guys don't necessarily get in in the appropriate place in a list because, gosh, he doesn't have enough goals? Yeah, I, I think it happens with forwards too. Like I don't think it just happens with the with defenders. I, you know, you you and and players skaters that can jump into the attack to put up big gaudy numbers and everything. I'll give you an example. Adam Boakfist, who was I don't know what he was seventh or eighth pick by the Chicago Blackhawks first round, got traded over to the Columbus Blue Jackets. If you went and watched Adam play, you 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 saw a lot of flash. You saw a lot of dash. Where Adam finds himself now is. If, if he's not producing points, he's not helping you. Right. He, he, he's not helping you. So, you know, and we all get caught up in, in kind of the magic of, of high-end skill and high-end flash and everything. 
But the NHL is, is really about, okay, if you're going to be that type of player, you, you better be Eric Carlson. <laughs> you better right. be Eric Carlson, right? Or, or, or one of those top-end players. You better be John Carlson. And if you're not, okay, what are the other areas of your game? And, and I really try to define it and go, if, I, I, one of my dear friends in, in, in life is Les Jackson, worked with him forever in, 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 Dallas, in Minnesota and Dallas. And he always said, like, like if you're not good, if, like, if this is your only calling card, you better be really, really good in that area. And then if you're not, okay, other other areas that can allow you to play. What, what happens with prospects is they're not good enough in that one area to carry their game at the NHL level, and then they don't have enough in any other area, and those are the ones that don't find their way to the NHL or don't find it in any in, in the manner that they were projected to be there or in the manner you expected them to be there. One of the other big storylines of this draft is the Matt Vay-Mitchkov situation. Um, most draft experts have him, you know, ranked in that that next tier under Connor Bedard with the likes of Adam Fantilli and maybe Leo Carlson as well. But obviously there's a huge risk factor in drafting him. There's a lot uh, more than just drafting a player. So I just want to ask you from your perspective, what's your read on this situation? Do you think someone will, you know, roll the dice on him in the top five or say, or do you think that he's going to slip down just given everything around him? So I'm not being disagreeable. I, I, I had the same mindset as you, Leah. I thought that there was risk. I don't think there's any risk with Matt Big Mitchkoff now. Wow. I, I, I think there's zero risk. Wow. Russian players are coming to the NHL. They're signing contracts in the NHL. So it's not a question now of, of when it was communist times, would you get them? You draft Pavel Bure in the sixth round, but you know how good he is. But you, 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 you're not sure if you're Sergei Fedorov in the fourth round. You know that Matt Big Mitchkoff is coming over. But you also know that he's got a contract through the 26, 20, 25, 26 season. So you just have to wait till he's 21. He's not 41 when you're getting him. He's 21. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and so this is where I've changed my thinking on this. Because I, I felt that, like, as I thought about it, he, he, he's an elite talent. And then I said, so now there might be more value in drafting Matt Faye Mitchkoff now and waiting three years, depending on your situation. Because now you're going to get a player at 21 who's going to have an entry-level contract, and you would expect him at that age to be performing at a top level if, if he can realize that elite potential. So I'm looking now that there's no risk, and there might be even more value in drafting him. Mm. The draft. I'll be straightforward. He, he, he's not lasting very long in this draft. Mm. I, I don't know where it is. And if, if, a, if a team doesn't want him in a certain when I and I'm talking top five, let, let me be clear here. Yeah. I don't think he goes past four, personally. I don't think he gets past four. Now, maybe the team currently in that four spot, San Jose, says, you know, we're not going to take him. But now teams behind them are going, we'll trade up with you. We'll trade up with you to take mm -hmm. that guy. You know, and when I talk about depth of the draft, Teams might go, okay, we're going to get something and we're going to get this group of players, one of these players, and we're not taking Michkov. So my, my own my own thought process on, he doesn't go past four. Wow. And, and maybe he doesn't go past two. Maybe he doesn't go past three. Wow. I don't see any scenario where he goes, because I. it's not just who's picking four or three. It's what's behind them that are saying, we're taking that guy. You don't think the Washington Capitals picking yes. eight? wouldn't want to have Matt Faye Mitchkoff and they wouldn't want to move heaven and earth to move up to get him. Yeah. Like it, it, to me, it's a no brainer. 
So that's what I see unfolding with Matt Vigmishkov. Wow. All right. Well, that's <laughs> breaking news. I like, it, but I like it. I like that too. Um, all right. We'll get Can into I just interject here. Real quick? Yeah, of course. So at one point in time, I, I thought the Arizona Coyotes at six, I, I did a mock draft and I had Mishkov going six. I said, ah, it's nice. You know, yeah. the time frame is three years down the yep. road. And, that's what we were thinking of, too. Nicely, right? But what I'm really, what I'm really saying now is he ain't going to be there at six. Yeah. Wow. But, but, but that does, and then we're going to get to more names later. What that does is it push some of the other players' names, and we'll get to that next, but it's some of the guys that we thought wouldn't be there at six may now be there if you're including him for sure in your top five. Yeah, that's true. And on that note, I want to ask you then, who do you think realistically is going to be there for the Coyotes at six? You know, we've seen a, a mix of lists of, of top six, and that's the thing about the Coyotes in that sixth spot, like the top maybe three or four for sure things, but that six spot for the Coyotes seems to be different on everyone's list. So realistically for you, who do you expect to be there at six? And I'll throw a name at you before you talk. I'm going to say a guy that we talked about for a long time here once we saw the Coyotes at six was Will Smith. And the people I've talked to said, no, he won't be there at six. Do you think he's a guy that they could look at? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think so. So let's just talk about Will specifically, and then I'll, I'll get to the other part of this. Will Smith is a is a really high high level two way center. He reminds me so much of Mika Zibanejad oh, wow. of the New York Rangers. That type of a player, you know, excellent on the power play, excellent offensively, can score in multiple ways. But he's a really good penalty killer. He's a really good two way player. He's a good playmaker. But the, the, how I separate Will Smith from some, he's a driver. Like Mickey Zibanez had, they're drivers of play. They're drivers of play in, in critical areas of the game. And and certainly, you know, if, if you put my feet to the fire, I would say, Leah, that the first five guys would be Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson, Mishkoff, and Will Smith. And so I would say those are the five that wouldn't be there at six. Now, I might pull away and say, I'm pretty confident in my, and, and, and I'm, when I say confident, like I, I feel confident in saying Bedard, Fantilli, Mitchkoff, and Carlson won't be there at six. Maybe, maybe Smith, maybe Smith will be there. In my own view, he, he won't be there, but he, but he may be there. And, and just describing him how I did, you know, you look at the center ice that the uh, Arizona Coyote, the Arizona Coyotes have, you know, Logan Cooley, their first round pick last year. You know, I, I, I really believe that a, a, a center like Will Smith and what he brings to the, to, just complements a, a Logan Cooley and builds out your team in a really significant fashion. So if Will Smith's not there, who do you see going at six for the Coyotes? Okay, I, I got a dartboard here with about eight names. Oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it depends, I guess. Are they going defensemen because their defenseman depth is not there, especially in the American League teams if they've lost some of their depth in the Roadrunners? Or are they looking for somebody up the middle? And that's what they've said for years, that they need to draft a center iceman. So that really, where's the conversation starts? Well, they drafted a pretty good one last year in Logan Cooley. And, and then and then they have Connor Geeky, you know, who, who they drafted yep. with their second first-round pick last year. You know, you, you, you start to think about, you know, big promising winger like Josh Doan, who they signed out of Arizona, right? You know, like, and, and this is this is a team, Dylan Gunther, you know, they got a lot of good young forwards, you know. They drafted some defensemen last year, you know, even into the second round last year, you know, drafted Julian Lutz, a big, strong, powerful winger. And I, I think that was a, a player that's, that's going to play in the NHL. 
when you look at the blue line and you look at the importance of blue lines to success in the NHL, I think they need dynamic defenders. I think they need, and, and, and that might come, like, you know, one of the things I think you have to consider too, is there a trade out there? Is there a trade yeah. out there? And, and we're not talking about an older defender. We're talking about a younger defender that fits into a certain age group that says, okay, th this is a player that's going to grow with our group that can really help our group in, in, in time and, and move forward. So I don't, like, I mean, I, David Reinbacher, the, the Austrian defenseman, like, I think he's more like Adam Larson of the Seattle Kraken. I think he's got, I think he's more tilted towards that style of game. I talked about Sandine Pelika being uh, the type of player like Zubov. I see Vlander like a McAvoy or a Rasmus Anderson in Calgary. You know, offense can play some head, but they play important minutes. And so I don't see a defense, a defender like that in Arizona. Yeah. So I, I like, so, but maybe they don't use this. Maybe they move back. Maybe they move back and get an, some extra picks, or they get a player and and then or a later pick and a prospect. You know, I think that where you look at their prospect list, I think up front it's really deep. I think like you know, it's it's a deep group uh, of prospects and good quality prospects. I think the blue line is an area that 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 if there was a focus and and all things being equal, that you look at. You, you look at trying to see what, what are your best options for drafting a defender. I said earlier, top three defender, top pair defender. If you can get that, and it all comes down to how teams assess, I think that that would move the Coyotes, you know, it, it, into a deeper, more quality group of prospects rounded out at all the key positions. All right. I want to ask you about Ryan Leonard, because that's another name we've discussed here um, a few times on, on a lot of mock drafts I've been seeing lately that he's slotted in at six. But on your list, you have him right now, actually, at number 12, which another happens Coyotes to be pick. another Coyotes pick. Um, just I'm curious your thoughts on Ryan Leonard. You know, he's that bigger type player. Bill Armstrong has been very open about the fact that he likes that, that bigger type Physical of player. player. So right. I'm curious if you think Ryan Leonard either would be a fit for Arizona or could even be a six or 12th pick for them. I don't think there's any question. I mean, he, he's one of the players he's up on the dartboard right here. You don't yep. see it, but he's <laughs> on the, I mean, Ryan Leonard is, is a, is a competitor and, and he's a hard player. And, you know, you know, we, we talk about the playoffs and we talk about success and then there's a difference between, you know, being a good team and then being able to have a team that can compete in, in when the time when the times become hard, i.e. the playoffs and each successive round. You don't even have to ask your question, ask yourself the question about Ryan Leonard. He's all in. He's an all-in competitor. He can play everywhere in the in the lineup. He can play everywhere in the game. And when he uh, somebody that skates like that, that competes like that, that thinks like that, that contributes like that, is valuable. Like so. You know, I'm not trying to, like, that's why Will Smith might be there at six, because somebody at five might say, I want Ryan Leonard. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I, one of the things, that, and, and I saw it happen a couple of years ago, and, uh, you know, teams were jockeying to try to move up for players. And, you know, they were looking and looking and looking, and t teams are looking to go, well, maybe I'll move back and, like, get that player. And then when they went and did their work, they realized that the player they were going to move back for was not going to be there. And I'm going to give you the example. Moritz Sider. The Detroit Red Wings and Steve Eiserman love Moritz Sider. But 
They started to look around. Can we get a little bit more? Can we move back by letting somebody move up? And we're not talking about, they took them six, but they were just looking and exploring where they where, where there might be opportunity to maximize that pick and still get cider. They realized real quickly they weren't going to be able to move back very far and get cider. Yeah. <laughs> so they took cider at six. So you have to be really, it, it's great to have these scenarios in your head and say, oh yeah, that player will be there. When you make that assessment on, on, on thinking that a player you really, really like is going to be there, it's incredible disappointment when he isn't. <laughs> and you got to guard against that. Because one of the things that I'm, I'm adamant about, I'll never back off on, you know, there's lots of different opinions on players. Draft a player you like and celebrate the player you drafted. You know, and, 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 I, and you don't want to find yourself, darn, geez, I thought we could get him by moving back. And, and that may be the case with Ryan Lane. He might not be there at six. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's, it's funny because that 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 U.S. National Development Program right now. You look at all the guys, these high skilled guys that have gone through that program. Ryan Leonard's got a little bit of grit to him, and then I think that's something that the teams will be excited by. I'm going to stay with the U.S. NDP. Okay. Bring up another okay, name. Okay, so, so let me just go through this, right? Like, yeah. So I've, I, like, I mean, I'm out there. I'm talking to different scouts. I get asked lots of questions. I've had different people from different organizations. All tell me of those four players, Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, Oliver Moore, and Gabe Perot, that they rank them differently. Some people yeah. like Perot as the best player. Some people like Leonard as the best player. And when you think about, you know, and I'll give you the comparables. I gave you Will Smith that I said he, I, I feel he's a lot like Mika Zibanejad. I think Ryan Leonard has that hard-driving style of, 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 a, tra of a bigger Travis Konechny. But, mm. but somebody that drives, maybe Timo Meyer, but but a little bit more physical. And had, I think Perot is like Jake Gensel. And I think mm. that Oliver Moore is like Dylan Larkin. All I know is, tell me what player you don't want on your team. Yeah, yeah. of those guys. It's more of a Yeah, fit. that's where we talked about Gabe Perot. And just for people that don't know him, he, he just he broke the record for most points at NDP over Austin Matthews. So if, if, what would he look like in a Coyote jersey? Is he, is he just skill flash panache? With Gabe Perot? Uh, one of my notes, and I have it right here, is don't underestimate the heavy lifting that Gabe Perot does in a game. Yeah, you look at the numbers, they're gaudy. They're big, yeah. he scores, and he makes plays. But that line, and, and I said it during the year, it was the best line outside the NHL. Now, you know, I'll share this with you. I know some people in Arizona said, what about that line in Minnesota with Cooley and Snuggerud? And, <laughs> yeah. And, Nye, and I said, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll give it that. But that line of Perot, Will Smith, and Ryan Leonard, maybe I'll say you 20 and under, best yeah. line out that, that I saw this year. And how, why are they the best line? Because they all have, like, really top-notch individual skills, but they also understand that there's other areas of the game that they can contribute in to help each other. Oh, we just lost your uh -oh. audio for one uh -oh. second. Hold on. Uh oh. We just lost your audio, Craig. Sorry. Uh oh, I don't think he's hold got on. Oh, oh, there, there you go. You're back. You're back. Sorry, we just missed oh, the last ten seconds. So go I'm ahead and just start your thought okay. again. Yeah, okay, sorry about that. Yeah. No worries. So Gabe Perot, you can look at the goals, you can look at the assists, and, and, and you can say everything that he does, right? And say, Oh, it's just about points. It it, it isn't just about points. 
it, he does so many other important things in the game to help Will Smith, to help Ryan Leonard, to help his team. He, this is not just a, a, an offensive player. And Gabe, he needs some. He needs time to physically mature. His game is really like the four players that I just mentioned earlier in the season. Earlier in the season, right up until February, and and, and then you know uh, you, you look at how you're going to uh, uh, manage your team and everything. Those four guys all killed penalties. They used yeah. to come out with two within two. Good luck. I mean, because they could score, but they'll, that tells you Dan Muse, the head coach, knows how good. He took a little bit of the of that penalty killing away from him just because he knew as the season went on, he got into deeper uh, deeper uh, competition, that, that he, he, you gave other opportunities to other players. And, and they did. They did a good job. But those guys are, were all really, really good penalty killers as well. So Gabe Perot... Is, is a very well-rounded player. So there's two guys that you have in your top 15 that we haven't actually talked about at all, so I just want to get your thoughts on them. Um, the first one is Colby Barlow, and then the other one is Callum Ritchie. So I, I always like to start with comparables, comparable types. So Colby Barlow, uh, the way he plays the game is like Matt Boldy in Minnesota. Oh, another NTDP. Colby, like... It doesn't matter what the situation is, what the game is, where it's being played, who it's being played against. You are going to get 100% from Colby Barlow all the time. He ended up not being fully healthy at the under 18. He even sat out a game because they just wanted to, you know, not tax him for three out of four days, three games in four days. But even if he's only 80% physically, you're getting 100% of that, that 80%. He does he, – and. He's another player. He can score. He can grind on the boards. He can grind at the net. He can penalty kill. He can shoot the puck and score from distance and from so many different ways. But to me, the reason I compare him to Matt Boldy, he makes everybody around him better. He makes everybody around him better. He is a died in the wool. I want him on my team. Every year in the draft, uh, There's the, the, I, I have what I call a player crush. Colby <laughs> Barlow is my player. <laughs> just, just full declaration, and 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 you know when when I look when, and, and Matt Boldy was my player crush in that draft. So mm. you know as, as I the, so the comparable became pretty pretty easy for me. But but Colby is is, is a player. I always say this when you're going into important games playoff games, whatever they may be, tournament games, and you're sitting in the locker room and you want to look across to everybody and go, okay, I know that they can count on me and I know I can count on them. There is nobody that's looking at Colby Barlow and not saying we can't count on him. You are counting on him all the time and you know he's going to give you everything all the time. And Callum Ritchie, I, I had a little bit of a, of a, I don't know if it was a revelation, you know, Callum, who I've watched for a few years now, really gifted, skilled, smart. And, you know, you, you watch a player with that type of size and that type of skill, and, and, and I think we all become guilty of it. You, you start to think, oh, why doesn't he assert himself? Why doesn't he do more of this and more of that? And I, I, I thought, I, I, in my own evaluation, I said, I think I'm being a little bit narrow-minded on him. So I went back. And I went back and watched some games, games that I'd been at and some other games that I had been at. And what I really noticed about, in my own view with Callum is, he's really smart. 
he doesn't thrive in, 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 in a chaotic kind of scattered type of game. So what he does, what he does is he, he, he plays really responsibly. He pulls back. He, he, he makes good plays, but, he, but he's not trying to always force things that don't fit to his like mindset, his hockey sense and his abilities. And I said, well, the game in the NHL is not chaos. It's not scattered. It's purposeful. And I, and I felt that his game translates to the NHL in a real big way. The other thing that I would say, too, is that we look at we look at big players differently today than we did 10, 15 years ago. Power forwards 10, 15 years ago ran over opponents. They, 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 the, game, the, the game isn't as physical as it once was. And so maybe there was an expectation that Colby should run over, or not Colby, uh, Callum should run over people. And I said, that's not his game. His game is smart, and I and I really believe that his game translates to the NHL because he is, and when he gets with other good, smart, every tournament I've seen him at with really better high-end high players, he's excelled. And I, I went back to my notes. I went back to my notes, and the things I wrote about Alex Tuck are exactly some of the things I wrote about Callum Ritchie. Alex oh. Tuck is a top-notch player, and I see the same path for Callum Ritchie. So you, you here, here's what I want people. We've thrown some names out. We've talked about names we haven't talked about. So the Coyotes, all season we talked about Connor Bedard. We talked about him for 82 games here. We're going to get last. We're going to get Bedard. It didn't work out that way. It's not Fantilli. It's not Carlson. I just want you to give some reassurance after talking some of these names with picks at 6 and 12. Right now, they may trade, and they may not end up with both. But if they were to pick both at 6 and 12, will the Coyotes have good hockey players at 6 and 12 that the fans can be excited about? Absolutely. I mean, when, when a generational player like Connor Bedard comes along, there's excitement everywhere. I mean, he filled buildings in the Canadian Hockey League and the Western Hockey League at the World Junior Tournament because he, he's a standalone prospect that doesn't come along very, very often. But, you know, so we all know about him and we've been talking about him for years and, and rightfully so. But, you know, if it was only about the first overall pick or the second overall pick or the third overall pick helping your team be good, well, then if you're not picking there, you, you got no chance. Teams are, are, are built by having different styles of play and you're going to get good players. You know, this isn't an individual sport and, and, and even basketball, which is a team sport relies on that upper end to, to really drive your team. Hockey isn't like that. And the quality of player that, that the Arizona Coyotes can look at at six and 12 and, and even into the second round is really, really positive. And, and you, you might not, be sitting here and going, oh, he captures the imagination of the fan right off the bat. But the quality will eventually, you know, cream rises to the top. And that's what will end up happening, you, you know, with these players. There's no question in my mind that when you look at, at, at the prospects available and the prospects in the Arizona Coyotes organization, that they're building a team that's going to be a really good team. They have the potential to be a really, really good team. I talk about the defenders where they might have to build out their, not me, I, I really believe that's an area they got to look at. But 6 and 12, there's every reason to trust it 100% that these are players that are not only going to be good, but maybe not immediately, but will excite the, 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 the fans. Event. Keep in mind, keep in mind, you know, that fans over years 
have, 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 have underestimated some really, really good players. The Colorado Avalanche were the worst team in the 2016-2017 draft. And, you know, they, had, they, they lost. They, they, they fell to four. They fell to four. Oh, boy. What, what, what a tragic turn of events. And they have to take that Kale McCarr kid from Brooks Band. <laughs> yeah. Imagine <Turn>. that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's so true. Um, before we let you go, which thank you again so much for your time, we just have a couple of questions about the current Coyotes prospect pool. You were just at the Memorial Cup in Kamloops, um, and two Coyotes prospects were in that tournament, Dylan Gunther and Jeremy Langlois. So just from your perspective being there, um, what did you see from those two guys? Well, I mean, not, Dylan's an elite player. Dylan didn't score at the tournament, but, you know, and, and it's hard. When you get into a big tournament like that and, and, and your team is looking to you to score and you yourself are expecting to score, and, and that's Dylan's expectations of himself, and, 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 and he's done that. It's easy for me to say he had so many quality opportunities. His process was spot on. You know, one of the things that happens the goaltender is trying to stop you. I, I, I talked to Dylan one day. They, they, they were playing against Peterborough, and he, he came across. He made just a great play with his hands, got the shot off. And I, he says, I knew where I was shooting, and I said, and I, I knew where I wanted to hit. And he goes, and, and I didn't see where it went. I said, it went right off the top of his shoulder. He got over there, and I said, if he sags that shoulder, it's right under the bar. But he kind of kept the shoulder, and I said, that's how close it was. And he goes, ah, you know, but... The goaltender's trying I mean, he hit posts. He had he, he got stymied by goaltenders at the tournament. But his game was really, really strong. There's obviously going to be disappointment when you lose and, and, you, and you don't find your way onto the score sheet. You go, oh, if I would have done this. That's what top players do, and that's what Dylan is. His game was, I, and not just getting chances, but playmaking and, and, and a lot of different parts of the game that were really strong. The, the Arizona Coyotes have a terrific player in Dylan Gunther. Don't look at the scoring sheet, the stats sheet, as any type of barometer. For, he, he played really, really well there. Obviously, when you win a Memorial Cup and you're on a team that is so good as the Quebec Ramparts, you know, Langlois was, was a really important part of that. Patrick Waugh did such a phenomenal job coaching that team. But when you have players that not only know what their game is, but also understand the game so well. You're going to be able to have a team game that's sound. And that's where the Quebec Ramparts were. You know, the Seattle Thunderbirds are, are an excellent, excellent team. Jeremy Langlois and the rest of the, uh, uh, of the, rest of the uh, defenders, defensemen for the uh, Quebec Ramparts, in six periods, they couldn't dent them. They couldn't dent them. They couldn't dent them. Why? Because those defensemen were so good. They were composed. They were smart. They knew what they knew what their options were. They knew what their options weren't. You know, I, I, you probably have heard Jeremy is going to play in Rouen next year. He was part of the trade. They acquired him in Quebec. Uh, uh, they acquired Justin Robidon in Quebec, and now going back is the goaltender William Russo and Langwall playing Rouen Aranda next year, which is going to be really good for him because Rouen is going to be a really good team. But all the things that Jeremy does, like, I mean, in terms of his skating, that, that, that needs to improve a little bit, but his thinking, his competitiveness, his, his, his on-ice ability to just keep things settled and composed, really, really impressive. And certainly 
you know, it's going to be, it's going to take him a little bit longer than, 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 than last year's, but there's certainly a really good prospect there. One other player that I want to mention that I think is going to be a rock on the Arizona Coyotes blue line in the years, and that might be shorter, sooner rather than later, and that's Maximilian Zuber. I like, like he, wow. he played for Germany at the World Championships. He was at he was a Germany at the World Junior last year in Edmonton in the August event. He's a good player. He's a really really good player. That is somebody in my view. And so you're going to get these players from different parts of the draft. And I think Jeremy has NHL potential all the way. I don't think there's any question that he has uh, that potential. But you know sometimes it takes players a little bit longer but doesn't take away their potential. And you asked me earlier about should they be excited about 6 and 12? Be excited about some of the prospects that might not be household names that I think have real potential. Langwaff for certain, and certainly Zuber, who I think is going to be there sooner rather than later. Wow. wow. He's one of our favorite names to yeah, say. Yeah, we like to say it, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's, you know what, and, and I think this is why... We appreciate having people like you on our show, Craig, because we can sit here and talk about it all the time in these names. Oh, and there's hope and there's, you know, we're going to have a chance and the team is building. But when you get people from outside of our bubble saying, yeah, you know, this guy can play or, or you know, Logan Cooley, he's going to be a good player. Or Maximilian Zuber. It is great to hear that it's not just us beating that drum, that there is truly hope here with this Coyote franchise. I don't think there's any question. And so hope, like people start with, with hope. And, and when you're drafting players and you're watching them progress, you hope that they can realize the potential that you're projected for them. Well, that starts to turn into belief as you see it, right? And, 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 and ultimately what fans want and what people following the team want is, is a belief that you, you, you can have success. I don't think there's any question that the Arizona Coyotes are, are moving from hopeful to belief and I think you'll start to see, I mean, even this year, I mean, that was, a, they were a hard out. I mean, you think about all the games that they had to play in the first half of the year on the road and every, they were competitive. They were a hard team to play against. Yeah, they ran out of some steam later on in the year, but their first 60 games, that was a team that like no opponent that came in playing against the Arizona Coyotes left the game going, oh. That was easy. It was hard. And, and, and as you get better players and more skilled players in there, it's only going to get better. Well, Craig, we can't thank you enough for your time. This has been amazing insight. Um, and hopefully we'll see you in Nashville, in Nashville. at the draft. We'll be there. So. Yeah, if you want to see me, though, you might have to go to Tootsie's because I think that's <laughs> probably where I'll be. Okay, I'm only going to tell I am going to be in Nashville. And so Darren Drager and myself are, are going to be down there. And we've decided that we are going to cover the draft from the rooftop of Tootsie. <laughs> perfect. perfect. All right, I'll be, I'll be right down the bar. <laughs> you can see it's a perfect backdrop. You can see Bridgetone right behind you. I love it. I'm all in. I, I hope we get to see you there, Craig. Thank you so much again for your time. We really appreciate it. Uh, you will see me there. The only reason you won't see me there is if you don't want to see me. I <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Craig. Thanks. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. Well, so much to, they, to unpack there. There's hope. There's hope. That's the biggest takeaway for me. There's hope. So we'll, we'll dive into a lot of what Craig said um, in a second. But before we do, uh, the NBA Finals continue on tonight. And if you want to win yourself some money on that game, be sure to log into BetMGM today because it is Wednesday. 
And any Wednesday and Saturday that you log bonus in, bet. bonus bet. I literally bet. got the notification yep. this morning. I've done it every Wednesday and Saturday I, since I sometimes this. Sometimes forget Saturday. Wednesday. Saturday, I remember Wednesday sometimes. Yeah, well, forget. after the and show. And there's no game tonight. I thought there was a game tonight. There's hockey. no hockey. No hockey. But um, you can also, you have 72 hours to use the bonus bet. So you could use it on hockey tomorrow. tomorrow. Yep. So if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, make sure you use the bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for Arizona audience, you'll get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use the bonus code phnx check out the show notes for full details and now you can listen to shane talk about the disclaimer one plus to wager visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions u.s promotional offers not available in washington dc mississippi nevada new york and ontario gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER colorado dc illinois indiana louisiana maryland mississippi new jersey ohio pennsylvania tennessee virginia west virginia wyoming call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 new york call 1-800-NEXT-STEP arizona 1-800-522-4700 kansas nevada 1-800-327-5050 massachusetts 1-800-BETS-OFF iowa 1-800-270-7117 for confidential health michigan and if you win yourself some money on BetMGM, keep in mind, Father's Day is two weeks away. Yes. And if you're thinking, I don't know what the heck to get my dad. Get him one of these. Saturday Neon. This is a really cool, unique Literally fire. thing. Um, there are neon signs for collegiate sports, um, and they're made with high-quality materials, and they have a two-year warranty. So all of those things, great. They're great for offices, man caves, dorm rooms, a, gra- a great graduation yes. gift, um, basements, bars, and Garages. like I said, yep. great gift for Father's Day. We have a U of A one hanging yes, in our do. office. It looks phenomenal. Bear down. So go to SaturdayNeon.com. Use code PHNX for 10% off your first order today. Free shipping for orders over $200. Check out Saturday Neon. All right, PD, lots to unpack there. Where do you want you to know, start? I, I think the most encouraging thing for me is, is we've talked so much about Fantilli, Carlson, Michkov, and, and Connor Bedard. But to know that there are really, really good players that are going to be there at six and really, really good players are going to be there at 12. And, and not just good. He's saying, he is saying, and he, rewind, in those two picks, six and 12, they're going to be top six forwards and top three defensemen. Yeah on both picks that's how you build a team yeah so that that's incredibly encouraging because the coyotes are the only team that has two picks in the top 12. yeah so i also think it was really interesting because he said like if you held my feet to the fire i think will smith's not there but who knows what happens in that top five like will smith could still end up at six and then if it's not will smith it could be someone like ryan leonard i feel like smith and leonard you know, once we realized the coyotes weren't in that top three that that those were the guys in that range and there's a if one's not there, the other will be. That's the thing about yeah. picking at six. Um, but either way, like you said, closing his eyes, throwing a dart, like whoever the Coyotes do get at that spot will be good. I think the other really interesting thing Craig said was his read on the Mitchkoff situation yeah. was different than what we've heard. What we've been hearing. Yeah. From others and that he's 100% confident he's gone. Top four. He's top going four. in the top four. He will not be there. We've we've speculated that potentially he'll be there at six for the Coyotes, yeah. it, it, according to Craig Button. The answer is no. Yeah, but if that does happen, then it, it changes yeah, the whole Yeah, but it pushes layout. everybody else yeah, down. Exactly. And, and that's why guys like Will Smith, or he brought up names like, we didn't talk about Dvorsky. Dvorsky is a guy that his name's come up a lot. Colby Barlow is a guy we hadn't heard of at all until today, but now that's another name to throw on the list. Gabe Perot. Gabe Perot set the NDP record for points, and he could be there at both six and or 12. Yeah, 12. So with Leonard, Perot, all of those NDP kids, there's a lot of good hockey players in this top 12. So we're going to continue to throw up these names of guys that, hey, if they get this guy at six or they get this guy at 12, they're just building out that core roster. And to his point, too, he also said, yeah, and this is going along with Geeky and um, 
Logan Cooley and all of the Dylan Gunther. So yeah, it, it was exciting to hear that there are going to be good players at six. And now we as a PHNX staff, we can start looking deeper into some of the names that he brought up today so that by the time we get to Nashville, their household names to us. Yes. Um, Sean, can we pull up Craig's top 10 list? Um, and the thing that I found really interesting about his list specifically is it it wasn't the same as everybody else's. A lot of the draft experts who we've talked to on the show, Chris Peters, Corey Pronman, we're going to talk to Bob McKenzie um, the week before the draft as well. But but Craig's list, like he wasn't afraid to, to do something different. And that one for me was Axel Sandin Pelica. And the fact that Craig said he's watched him 20 times this year, this is why we talk to these guys. Because we're not out there. We're yeah, not at rinks yeah, in, in Quebec and Ontario and Europe even watching these guys play. So we've we keep hearing David Reinbacher, David Reinbacher. Well, Craig has David Reinbacher at 24. Right. He has Sandin Pelica up higher. He has Wielander at number eight on his list. Those are the defensemen that he has above everybody else. So that again, just another thing that's different about Craig's list. And that's why it's I think it's great for us on our show that we get to talk to different guys with different point of views. Obviously it'll come down to the coyotes and their scouts, but I just thought his list was more interesting than others. And he, the way. other thing he recognized too, is you know, look at the cupboards for the coyotes. They are, they need defensemen. Yeah. And so those are names that we didn't have in our vocabulary this morning. We do now Pelica, Willander. I think that those guys, yeah, they're, they're guys that could... I could see the Coyotes taking a defenseman at 12. I don't see him taking a defenseman at 6 right now. Yeah. I think that's... It's too forward heavy. It, it's forward like. heavy on this draft. So I think I think their second pick in, in the top 10 or, or, more like, or at number 12 is more likely to be a defenseman then. But it's good to hear that there are good defensemen out there. Yeah, very true. And... Also, his read on Zuber, like we 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 talk about Zuber Zuba. because we love to say his name Zuba, but wow. hearing like and Craig brought it up, we didn't even ask about yes. him to know that he could be in the NHL like sooner rather than rather later. later. Zuba rather than later, someone said. <laughs> yeah, I that it. was a great comment. Yeah, um, Brady, Brady, or was it Brady? No, or it was, no, it was, was Tim. It Tim. Sorry, Tim. Yeah, Zuba rather than Zuba later. Zuba rather than later. That's like good. It. If if he comes in and like is amazing, we might have to make that a shirt. Yeah, I, I don't think so. We'll, we'll credit. <laughs> but that, but again, it goes to it's not just the draft; it's your prospects that are out there that are you know that are there. And we didn't even talk about Maverick Lamoureux, and and he, he was a first round pick from last year. You talk about his size at the back end, Zubar at the back end, and then they pick up another defenseman in this draft, whether it's in that or they got a second round pick or they got four thirds. I mean, I, I do believe they're going to take defensemen in those three rounds. But it's great to hear that there are good prospects. And we're going to continue to throw out those names over the next three weeks so that by the time we all get to Nashville, everybody knows who they are. Yeah, and we want it to be that when the name is called, not a single Coyotes fan goes, who? Like, I feel like we're covering a lot of ground here. Um, And like I mentioned, Bob McKenzie, uh, the Bob father himself, will join our show the week before the draft. Bobby Margarita. We had him on last year. We drank during that show last year. We did because we were at Four Peaks. Buddy, I think we should, yeah. We I'm should. in. If it we're not at Four Peaks, we need to do. Have we should have had. Is he going to be in Nashville? Per, maybe. Got to have him bring some margaritas. We should have had Sean, who was just in Buffalo, drive across the border yes. and retrieve Smuggle. some Bobby Margarita. Mar- Could have too. I was also. You didn't tell me until I was there. That's the combine, combine was, there. was going I would have gone. I would have got some content. Yes. Oh man. Well, you know, we actually speaking of the combine, we did have Brendan Perlini on the show yesterday. Great show. 
unbelievable. First Rachel. of all, two unbelievable interviews back Rachel. to back. Um, Brendan Perlini was amazing, really took us inside the combine from a player's point of view. But one of the things that Brendan Perlini talked about was the step up from junior to the NHL was he didn't know how to how to set up internet and like pay his bills or what like he actually said he didn't know how to furnish an apartment and it's just too bad because i could have been there to help him how would you i would have told him to go to more furniture and that's what i would tell to any of these guys who are junior players coming up to the nhl take care of it white glove delivery yeah all you have to do is pick out what you want you don't even have to build it you can go to practice come home it's there it's set up i actually have two pieces of furniture coming on saturday white glove delivery i'm so relieved because I'm not a builder. I've said this again and again. And I keep saying, like, I need two more things. The two more things are finally coming. Got it. Um, and more furniture M-O-R. was there for me. So check out more furniture. You can save the bet. Oh, you can save. I can't read. Save big on the best furniture in the valley when you head to morefurniture.com. That's M O R furniture.com. And also, I've said it again and again for those prospects coming to Arizona, especially in July for development camp. Yes. You got to ha- bring your sunglasses. Got to so protect your eyes. Make sure you grab yourself some shady rays. Also, a great Father's Day gift. I'm I'm here to remind you Father's Day is in two weeks and it's time to get some gifts. You hear that, Jackson? Shady rays. Um, amazing sunglasses. We each have a pair. I'm excited to get some more. They have a guarantee. If you don't love them, you can exchange them or return them for free within 30 days. But I, I promise you, you'll love them because. But you're gonna help me after the show, or I need to order another pair. You're gonna help me after the show. I will. I promise I will. Yeah. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. You can go to shadyrays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people all right pd before we wrap up what do you want to talk about i want to talk about the big trade in philly provorov that's sending cal peterson to philadelphia and carter now they hart. have two goalies is carter hart on the move carter hart's on the and block. former former coyotes former coyote danny rio's first ever trade as a gm yeah yeah hey, how about that Very and, and does that is that signs of things to come in the NHL is it just the beginning that we're going to start seeing guys move around before the draft well it's interesting that we're seeing trades this early this first early. of all yeah. and the thing I want to say about Philly specifically is I think it's interesting that now they're kind of blowing it up when they could have blown it up before, yeah, before. and tried to get in on Bedard yeah like why didn't they? I question that? Obviously, there was a complete change of leadership, and yep. like Breer is now in this position, um, and he has the reins, and it's his call. Um, but I, I think it's interesting. Obviously, somebody on Twitter asked us yesterday, like, is there a top guy in the 2024 draft? It's crazy to already talk about that. But Macklin Celebrini, we've already talked about him. I think there's a couple more guys in that top mix. Does Philadelphia now become the Chicago's, the Columbus, yeah. the Anaheim of, of this past year? It, it seems like that's the direction they're going in terms of kind of trying to blow it up, trading Carter Hardaway. But what do you think about the Provorov trade and, and Columbus? See, I'm just, not sure what Columbus is doing. They're just trying to take like, in problematic people uh, to yeah, their organization. Well, and, 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 and then, again, the Babcock thing's happening. Like everybody's like, well, if they took too much pressure on the internet and maybe they want hire, he's there. Like Babcock's going to be announced as the new head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I just don't understand how he's going to make all of these people happy. I think this is going to be 
a mess in Columbus. I like Provorov. I think he's a good defenseman. I, I, I think he gets the puck up the ice, and I think, think, think he attacks the net well. But you've got a bunch of personalities there, people that want to be happy and try to be made happy, and I don't know how it's going to work in Columbus. So I, I get that they're trying to make big moves and bring in Provorov in to, to go with John, Johnny Hockey. you got Patrick Laine. You need to build that roster, and, and you need to try to win now. That team's got to make the playoffs. I just don't know who the hell they're going to bump out of the top eight in the East. I, I just don't see anybody that's falling that far right now. And you also look at Buffalo and Detroit moving their way They're up and Ottawa. Rise. Yeah. Yeah. So where the hell is Columbus going to fit in? So we'll see. I mean, it's bold move bringing in Cal Peterson and, and Carter Hart on the move. We look at Philly making big moves and they're going one way and Columbus is trying to go the other. We'll, we'll see. But I guess what this sets up for Coyote fans is the trade market and business is open. And, and yeah. where did that was a three-way trade to get that deal done. Coyotes like to get in on the three ways. <laughs> Let that just settle in a little bit. All right. Bit. All right. Um, well, and it also brings up, and another thing that Craig had mentioned was, you know, maybe the Coyotes trade that 12th pick. Maybe they package it. Yeah. I'm sure we'll see. I mean, the Coyotes have a billion draft picks over the next two, years, two, yeah. two or three seasons. They're probably not going to execute on all those picks. Yeah. What moves can they make? You know, Zach Cassian, shout out Altex, yep. tr- got traded to the Coyotes at the draft. That was part of the move. Um in their, that later round or the late in the first round um, to move to pick Lamaru. Um Yeah, the trade market's going to be really interesting. It's getting started a little early and the draft, I mean, the draft was the draft, but the draft is also one of the craziest trade, trade times, two yeah. days of the season as well. Um, and I'm curious what Bill Armstrong might have up his sleeve. He did tell us on his show that um, sometimes the phone calls on the draft floor are mind games and fake. So yeah. <laughs> don't don't get uh, too caught up in seeing people on the phone, but it's going to be a really interesting draft this year. Yeah, and we'll be there. For a lot of reasons. And we'll be there. We will be there. Um, and you can still come with us to Nashville, by the way. So giddy up and get those tickets. Go phnext.com slash events. Um, but if you're looking to, uh, again, this is the theme of the episode. And I swear I'm not trying to be annoying with this. Father's Day is in two weeks. Father's Day. Here's another gift idea. I'm just Santa Claus giving out gift ideas. And they're all over our studio, by the way. They're all over our set. Yes. Foco. All right. Go to foco.com right now. You will find something for, I mean, this is, again, graduation gifts, birthday gifts, Father's Day gifts, or just treat yourself. Um, they have amazing, amazing Arizona sports gear. They, we have awesome bobbleheads on our set. They have licensed apparel as well. Um, so just go on their website, scroll around. You can get the best gear by visiting foco.com. That's F-O-C-O.com and using code PHNX. And for all non-presale items, use code PHNX for 10% off. Love that we're linking up with Craig Button at Tootsie's on the roof. Yes. And at the bar. But you know what? They don't have at Tootsie's? They don't have four peaks. They don't have and four that would peaks. be a dash one. God, can you imagine a, a wow on the roof at Tootsie's? No. In the sunshine I simply overlooking can't. Bridgestone. I simply cannot. You have no idea what you're in for. I'm here. excited. You know what I'm really like, been, and I know we talked about this, I think yesterday, but I need to get back on the peach train. Like that's a perfect summer I might stop beer. on the way home because you know what? We talked about my house is getting painted right now. Yeah. So I might sit outside. You in, don't want to be in those fumes. No, I'll sit outside with a peach Love and it. watch those guys work. That would, what would make them happier than me sitting there drinking beer while <laughs> they work? Only if you offered them a beer while they work. Oh, well, but no, maybe that's not the while ladder. they're painting. That's probably not good. Yeah. But anyway, check out Four Peaks wherever you buy your beer. Um, Target, Walmart, the grocery store, the gas station, they have Four Peaks. You can also get Four Peaks at the A Street Pub because not only do they have all love, of their beers. Love the A Street Pub. On tap. Love it. The food 
phenomenal. Yes. Phenomenal. So, and the vibes. The Great vibes. vibes. And Great it's got place. so many different vibes inside one building. Yeah. You got the outside, you got that little front bar it's great yeah and a uh, great place to watch the nba finals tonight or the nhl finals yes tomorrow so check out the tree pub check out at four peaks brew or at four peaks pub to keep up with the latest at arizona's hometown brewery you got to be 21 or older to drink four peaks and please drink responsibly all right anything I, uh, else i just let's get ready for more hockey tomorrow I don't know, Florida, let's get off the mat and let's get at it. Yeah. Because this is, we could be done with hockey in a hurry. Yeah, we'll we'll preview that one tomorrow. Talk about it tomorrow. But uh, wow, what a... And welcome back to DP in the studio after his quick trip to the upper northeast and then we got to go to Buffalo. Yep, for a couple days. See the... The Buffalo Bandits. The Buffalo Bandits win. Was there a big parade for the Buffalo Bandits? Um, I don't know, but I would just like to point out that... um, John Tavares, the Toronto Maple Leafs player, has no championships. John Tavares, his cousin and Buffalo Bandits legend slash head coach now, has five championships. Yeah. Wow. Just saying. John, Just saying. John Tavares, I actually knew wow. about him in the lacrosse, like the other wow. John Tavares. The other John Tavares. Legend. As they say in Buffalo, Johnny, who? And then everyone yells <laughs> Tavares. Well, welcome back. We, we missed you. Yes, yes. Um, another great interview craig button great. thank you again great amazing insights i just feel uh, there's i feel so sense of calm i feel hope hope and that's the first time i felt hope with this organization yes. and, all. and we're not talking about the other thing yeah. today no, we're, we're not about this what thing? thing draft i don't know that's it yeah prospects um, <laughs> hope three weeks from today belief he said it? hope turns into belief i love that and i love that he said we're moving into the belief state. we're moving we into just belief. need that with the other thing now. there we go but that's okay um three weeks from today the draft can't wait Everybody in our chat, thank you so much for being here. Be sure to hit the like button on this video. Subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel and hit the notification bell so you never miss when we go live. If you're not a diehard, become one today. You get 20% off merchandise and events. You also get access to our Discord, which Coyote's Discord is... It was all over the place this morning. I was in there this morning in the Discord, and I'm we already know. like I... I I'm a hockey guy. Yeah. It went so far off the map. Like the, the, It's just a great community though. Wow, that was there were some there's some very smart people in there. There are. There are. Yeah. Um and there's also a lot Otto of other von Bismarck. <laughs> like that what? Yeah, if you want to know how that relates to hockey, join you need Discord. to be a, a diehard and join the discard of like minded folks. Well, I mean all like minded. Well, and also, when you become a diehard, you get a Dobson Ranch card. You get fifty dollars voucher to Mountain Mike. Twenty percent off all events. Like it's just crazy. Twenty percent off merch. Oh yeah, and we're both rocking the merch today. I love the merch. I love our merch so much. I do too. So check it out. Phnxlogger.com. Do I think it would be the amazing. Flag? Yeah, uh, not me, but somebody. Somebody. Yeah, yeah. not me either, but oh. somebody. Um, again, thanks so much for being here. We'll be back tomorrow live at 11 a.m. I think Craig is, he texted me today. He was in traffic in Italy. Good. Um, so I don't know. He's he's chilling. He's thriving. He's still got a week and a half left. Yeah, he'll be, he's still gone all of next week. So I think we've been doing well at the helm of this. I, yeah, we're, we're still on track. Yep. Well, so. you can follow Craig's European adventures at Craig S. Morgan. You can follow PD watching his house get painted at yes. S. Peter's Hockey. You can follow me at Leah Merrill, Sean at Sean underscore to pause. Follow the show at PHNX underscore coyotes. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, everybody. And we will see you tomorrow.